Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Welcome back to another fantastic episode. We have some updates. One of them, this is completely irrelevant, but I just want to throw it out there. Yolanda, I saw the movie Newsies. That's right, the 1992 Walt Disney musical. It was not popular with the critics, but it kind of got a cult following, and now it's a hit show on Broadway, and I watched it. And I liked it, you know? It, it made me feel very happy. I have not seen this movie, <laughs> so I have no idea really anything about it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's rooted in a very real story, basically... In early in 20th century, New York City was run primarily by child labor because there weren't any child labor laws at the time. So a lot of and there was no internet, so the circulation of your newspaper depended depended on these young boys who oftentimes like were orphans and lived in these homes and didn't have very good lives. And they you know extra extra read all about it. Those guys with their newsy caps, they would sell the paper, and you know Mr. Hurst, William Randolph Hurst, played by. Robert Duvall decides to up the price of papers for newsies because it's like you buy them and then you earn your profit by selling each each pape. Headlines don't sell papes. Newsies sell papes. It's a great line. Okay. Anyway, so, so, so <laughs> I'm so, sure if I watched it, I would like this line more. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So Christian Bale's like, what? This ain't fair. And so they decide to form a union and strike and they win in the end. And it's very inspirational. Well, you just gave the entire plot away. <laughs> uh, so yes, but I don't think anyone's like going to watch this Disney movie thinking it's not going to end well. Oh, you know, that's very true. All's well that ends well. It's a, it's a cute movie it didn't blow my mind but i felt happy after watching it and it's got some very catchy tunes it was directed by kenny ortega who has directed many many famous musical high school musical being one of them a lot of very famous choreographer director other things and other things that 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 footloose remake yeah that's true also didn't do well at the commercial box office (laughs) but he's still beloved in the industry speaking of beloved musicals we would like to shamelessly plug something here for the tin can brothers they don't know us i i'd be willing to bet a million dollars they don't they have not listened to our podcast why would they Because they know the Bennett sisters, and I don't know. So, Ashley Clements, our very own Lizzie Bennett, is going to be starring in their upcoming play in North Hollywood called The Solvent Squad Returns. The Those meddling kids became adults. I think it's probably a spoof of Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. Because remember, like, got it. I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. Got it. How old do you think those characters were? Because uh, they were know, called kids. I was not a Scooby-Doo. Uh, really? I don't know what you would call the fans of, of that show. Scooby-Doo fan. Yeah. Do you at least know this theme song? I know. I, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, sure. Where that, are you? That. Yeah. I know, like, the basics of all the characters, but I mean, I it's, it's very formulaic much. show. Yeah. It's like five friends. You know what? It's kind of messed up that there's an odd number because they all, here, like, the whole thing is, it's like these five friends, Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby. Scooby's a dog. He's a great Dane <laughs> who can talk, and he says everything with an R. And I know at least that. <laughs> you know that. They drive around in the mystery machine. I don't know if these kids have jobs. They're called kids. I don't know if they're students. But they basically 
always come across some haunted thing and they're like, we promise to solve this for you. I mean, they have to at least be able to drive. One of them has to be able to drive, so they're at least 16. At least 16. Oh, yeah. Like, they're they're either teenagers or young adults. I always think they're, like, more young adults because we don't know anything yeah. about their parents or school, but they don't really seem to have any responsibilities. They don't really know. But if this is something you'd be interested in going to... Yes. Uh, you can go to tincanbros.com and this will be running from June 15th through the 25th. And we're going to be going to it. And we're yep. going to, we're excited to be able to see this. Very. Yeah. No, I, um, they put on another show around this time last year called Spies Are Forever. And I didn't with know. With Mary Kate Wiles. With Mary Kate Wiles. And I didn't know they existed last year. This time, mm. like March of last year when they put on the show. But they have it online. I'll include a link in the WordPress page. And it's a great show. I have some songs that I really like to listen to. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm very excited for this one. We'll be in the same room as Ashley Clements. Woo! Yeah, and just some background. Tin Can Bros, if you don't know about them. Three of them were actually part of Star Kid, which was known for the Harry Potter musical trilogy. So this is their latest and newest show, which is also going to include a Star Kid alum, Lauren Lopez, Woo! who was known for playing Draco Malfoy. She's... I am very excited <laughs> because Draco is arguably... My favorite character in the Harry Potter musical trilogies, so... Yeah, you've shown me some clips from yeah. that where she's like, Oh, I'm transferring to whatever, like, pig's fart. Pig farts. Pig yeah. farts on Mars. And she's she's just very funny. They're she's all hilarious. Funny. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're all great. And she played a very aggressive character yeah. in, uh, <laughs> in Spies Are Forever. Oh, okay. She played uh, Kurt Mega's boss, uh. and she's just... A boss, hilarious, funny lady. So if you're in the LA area between June 15th and the 25th, totally get your ticket. We're really excited to see how it turns out. Let's jump into the episodes now, starting with episode 47. It's about communicating, written by Rachel Kiley. So we are in the aftermath of Bingley's birthday party, and all is not well, actually. Things, I feel like we kind of peaked in our last couple of episodes where... Jane and Bing are happy, even though we don't quite believe in it long term. Lizzie and George are happy. And now things are kind of taking a sour turn. George stood Lizzie up. That's messed up. And she blames Darcy. <laughs> Let's dive into this more, yeah. Yolanda, because I feel like if she were recording her video and there was an earthquake and a fire, she'd be like... Darn you, Darcy! And, you know, she could get in a car accident. It would be Darcy's fault. Because she was thinking of him. So because he was like, yeah, <laughs> that's why he's to blame. Yes. Even though in the previous episode, George, like, looked Lizzie in the eye and said, it doesn't matter that I've got this beef with Darcy. I am coming to this party, I promise you. Mm -hmm. She is somehow under the impression that he got cold feet and changed his mind. So she blames Darcy for making George want to stay away. And that is how Darcy made George Wickham stand me up. Has he called you yet? Darcy? No, G-dubs. Has he called you yet? She doesn't think like it's bad that he hasn't called or text or anything to explain himself. She's just like, this is Darcy's fault. I hate Darcy. And of course, this would happen to me. Everything is always horrible in my life. <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Yeah. <laughs> No, and he should have called. I'm going to say, like, if you make plans to show up someplace, first of all, 
It's very, nowadays with cell phones, I'm always texting my friends like, I parked, I'm walking over there. Like, I don't know, like, it's, it's a play-by-play. It and, is. And the fact that he just, like, didn't show up the whole evening and didn't call or email or text or show up at her door because he's been to her house to explain himself, didn't yeah. even send a carrier pigeon with a note, you yeah. know? He should have done that. Otherwise, I assume you're dead. I was thinking about that because, yeah, that's how it was. At least, like, you just, like, make plans to meet up with a friend at the mall. And you just have to trust that they're going <laughs> to be there at that time at the agreed upon place. People were doing that for centuries, Yolanda. Yeah, I know. They just made plans. And if someone didn't show up, it meant they were dead. Which, yeah. Because <laughs> you but, just died young. But now it's like, I'm on my way there. I'm like five minutes away. I'm parking now. Where are you? And yeah. then like, okay, I see your car. Now we're going to walk out of our cars together, meet up and go into the place. Exactly. Very, very different. So there's really no excuse that Wickham has to not communicate anything to Lizzie of like why he's not there, why he didn't show anything. It's weird that she's not that phased by it too. Like... She's not worried. She's not angry. She's miffed at Darcy. Yeah, I would think, like, what was happening that night? Did she not try to text him or call him? Maybe she's just, like, so a bit too stuck in that, like, we're just casual. I shouldn't be worried about it. I think that's maybe her, that was her approach. She's like, you know, I'm not going to be the one to call him. I'm not going to be the one to text him. I don't, like, that's not the nature of our relationship. Even though it's, like, not even a relationship, so... (laughs) Right. That's probably what was her thinking. And the second thing she does is she's like, I ended up having to dance with Darcy. So not only did he force Wickham to stay away from Bingley's party, he forced her to dance with him, which is... I, I don't believe... I'm calling BS on that. Yeah, I, I don't get how someone can walk up to you and you can't you can't just say... No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Just no, thank you. It's a very simple phrase to say. <laughs> to just say, no, thank you. I don't want to dance. Walk away. Done. <laughs> you don't have to deal with unpleasantness if you don't want to. The guy asked. I didn't know what to say. He caught me off guard. There's like several things happening here because she's really confused that he asked her to dance because yeah. she's certain she's like, he feels just as uncomfortable as I do when we interact together, right? Like he feels yeah. this. So she's confused. He's asking in the first place. And perhaps that's what's so off-putting, because she says next, she's like, he caught me off guard, and that's why I said yes. Like, yeah. this might as well happen. Yeah, sure. She's just like, my night's already ruined. This yeah. time, this this isn't going to make it any better, so. Might as well dance with a guy. But then, like, from Darcy's perspective, she keeps saying yes to, to dancing yep, with yep. him. So he's like, things are going great. <laughs> Even if she doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And plus, like, she did get stood up, so she's there alone. I'm sure it felt, even though she doesn't like him, I'm sure it felt nice to have a dance partner and feel like you came with somebody when you get stood up by the guy you really like. And we don't actually hear anything about their conversation. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't know if they, it was just a a very silent dance. They were swaying together and that's all it was. Um, Yeah, sorry. She didn't comment on the quality of the dance, like, at the wedding at the beginning of all of this. Right, or like they're, they're, I mean, actually in costume theater, they do talk a bit. That's true. uh, With, uh, with uh, with Lydia. Lydia. 
And of course, Lydia's interpretation <laughs> of Lizzie is just like, oh, I hate you, you're the worst, get away from me. Well, when he gets here tonight, you better be super nice to him. Actually, don't speak at all. Better yet, just stop existing. She's like an angsty teenager. Exactly. <laughs> like John Mulaney. Don't look at me or I'll kill myself. Yeah. She's very, don't, like, it would be better for the world if you just stopped existing. Um, and then Lydia actually gives her some, well, I mean, not even advice, but she's the one who says George really should have called. Like, it's not, like, Lydia, who arguably has the lowest standards for guys in the entire Bennett household, is the one to tell Lizzie he should have called. He should have rectified the situation. And it's only until then that Lizzie realizes, oh, I, why didn't he call? Yeah. <laughs> that really didn't occur to her until Lydia brought it up. So that was at least nice of Lydia to like kind of call out George. Yeah. And bring that up like, yeah, he's just as shady. So yeah. watch out for that. But what I, I mean, what's kind of nice about this is I feel like the whole time the fans are warning Lizzie, stay away from him. He's the worst. It's nice to see, like, Lizzie's not in love with Wickham. No. She's not looking at this as a long-term relationship. She likes being in contact with him. She likes kind of hanging out with him. Mm -hmm. But she doesn't think that this is, like, the future Mr. Lizzie Bennet. Yeah, so after that costume theater, Jane comes in and we hear about Jane's perspective of what should have been a beautiful night of her and being finally spending quality time together. Things take a turn for the tragic in this episode. I, yeah. It sounds like he was playing host all night because he's a good guy. And so she didn't get to spend that much time with him. She was she wound up in a circle talking to his college friends. But also, like, if he really wanted to spend time with her, he would have found a way. Like, yeah. no matter how busy you are at certain things, if you really want to hang out with a certain person, you're going to, like, go hang out with them. And so he was using, possibly using the excuse of being a good host and really like kind of going around the room, making sure everyone's okay to not interact with Jane. And we see why in a tweet. This is my least favorite part of all of this, Yolanda, yeah. because she goes over, she feels, she like borderline blames herself for not getting to spend enough time with him at the party. So yeah. she bakes him cookies, drives them over, gets back, and she's so excited that he tweeted. And it says, I'm leaving and I'm going to Los Angeles. And she finds out about this in a tweet. In a tweet. It's not even directed at her. She found out at the same time as Twitter. Yolanda, do you know who's on Twitter? Horrible people. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine just finding out news like that just via social media in general mm -hmm. it's just like finding i don't know it, it'd be it's it's i'm sure it's infuriating to find something like that out and that's why jane is, is so confused and kind of hurt we don't see obviously lizzie cuts off the video but mm -hmm. like we kind of see the beginnings of like what what's going on small towns are great but back to the big city hello los angeles what did he tell you he was going he didn't say anything. Nothing at all. No. I mean, he's her boyfriend, and he didn't talk to her about this. She didn't know he was considering it. It was like a snap decision. Maybe this is a good time for us to transition into, I'd say, like, this is almost more tragic yeah. than Lizzie and Charlotte's fight. Because you know they're going to get back together but in episode 48, Snickerdoodles, also written by Rachel Kiley, 
I forgot about this episode. It mm. downright broke my heart to see Jane. First, she was like covering up her feelings and then she slowly broke down over the course of the episode. Yeah. So in this episode, Lizzie is just kind of dealing with the aftermath-ish of the tweet mm-hmm. and Jane comes in super happy yeah and hasn't come of, out of her room for two days yeah and so lizzie kind of helps her to process through her feelings in a way through costume theater mm-hmm. well and it's interesting because jane starts her conversation saying just listing everything that she's grateful for which is a very jane thing to say like it, the, it's a beautiful day i'm not a starving child in africa and i made you this lovely craft and everyone in our family is happy and healthy and then you know, Lizzie's like, oh, yeah, like, George explained himself. He took a friend to the hospital and he lost his phone, which is like a pointless story. But then Jane is the one who asks for costume theater because she doesn't want to be alone in her room with her thoughts because, I mean, I'm sure she's going to a very dark place. Her boyfriend, it's not like he dumped her. He left he and just didn't left. talk to her. He ghosted that's, a relationship. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so she just... You know, very quickly that costume theater moment. It's not about what happened with Lizzie no. and George. It's about how she feels about Bing. Yeah. Hey, Lizzie, I'm sorry I bailed on the party the other night. A friend of mine got really sick and I had to take him to the ER. Why didn't you call? Overly happy Jane. She's just like, I'm alive. You're alive. We're all alive. I'm broken inside, but it's a beautiful day. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> this is fine with the yeah. room on fire. Yeah, the, that moment in costume theater when Jane just says, why didn't you call? You realize this is not about Wickham. This is not yeah. going to be about why Wickham didn't show. Which actually, we in this episode, we do get that explanation of yeah. why Wickham, you know, friend in, a, friend in a hospital, his phone got stolen in ER or whatever. Yeah. Not the best of excuses. <laughs> if your phone was stolen, how'd you get it back? Huh? Huh? Or maybe he got a new one. But basically, also, what's interesting is comparing the two girls' relationships. Because they're both sort of with these guys. But Lizzie's, like, not... She's kind of upset that she was stood up. But she's not heartbroken. No. And she's kind of mad at this guy for standing her up. But that's nothing compared to Jane's boyfriend, who has done nothing but, like, devote his time to her. Mm -hmm. He, like, pretends to carpool with her just so he can drive her to work every day. Yeah. And now he's been distancing himself from her and he's decided to move to Los Angeles. And this, this is where I feel like we need to get into Bing's character a little bit more because we, we do ultimately know that Darcy's kind of behind it. He and Caroline are, I mean, they don't do it maliciously, but they're like, we don't think Jane's the girl for you. But they didn't tell him to just pack up and leave. He could have broken up with her. He could have had a conversation and said, I don't think this is working. I mean, do you think he didn't do that because ultimately he realized they were right for each other and he had no idea how to break up with I her? I think it was it was a th- it was like too painful for him to even try to approach that, so he just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Like he had no way of like how am I going to deal with this? So he his response was I'm just not going to deal with it. Classic and, guy. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like he would rather maybe be perceived as a as a jerk than mm-hmm. break her than like see her heartbreak before his eyes even though like later if he watches these videos obviously that's worse right and so i mean that's even though ultimately we're going to be pointing a lot of fingers at darcy Mm -hmm. and at caroline Mm -hmm. 
I do feel like we need to acknowledge that he did this wrong. Yeah, he's he, at fault. Yeah. yeah. He is not completely blameless. He needs nope. to admit that he effed up. But we're not there yet. Right now, Jane is still... I mean, she's emotionally, she's in shambles. And so yeah. she's, like, blaming herself and she doesn't know. And so this is where things get adventurous because Lizzie says, Oh, well, if he won't call or text or email or anything to you... Why don't you just, like, move your physical body down to L.A.? Yes, this is, this was quite an, an abrupt decision on Jane's part. This was very fast. Uh, so, thing, the video is over, you know? Things are, Lizzie's just trying to wrap up the video, you know, trying to say, like, Bing should have said goodbye. And then Jane comes back into the, back into the bedroom and says, you know what, I've made my decision. After two whole minutes... <laughs> I have made a life decision. Big life decision. I'm going to accept this job that apparently she got an offer for. And she's moving to Los Angeles. This is for this job. Quotes. You know, for this job. And I just think that this would be a really, really good move for my career right now. Uh, Great. Yeah. That's that's great. I'm I'm so happy for you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go tell mom and Lydia, but I just wanted to come and say thank you. Well, I mean, I think it's smart of her to do that because Jane's not the kind of person who would want to move to L.A. for a guy. You know, like, he dumped her. So they're not moving in together. She doesn't even know if she's going to see him. Like, you know, they're still not in contact, but they're not in contact in the same city. But... I think she's hoping that she's going to run into him there. She's not just moving there just for this job. And I think that's proof with even with Lizzie's final line of like, that's great. Mm -hmm. You know, she's like happy for her sister, but she's wary of the fact that why is she actually moving there? Is she truly just moving for the job or is she moving there for Bing? And I think it's a bit of both. Mm -hmm. She's moving there because it's a great opportunity, this new position, but also it's Los Angeles. Bing is there. And there's, there's got to be a chance that they're going to run into each other or she's going to see him or something. There's no excuse, sure. really. Well, and more than anything, I think she just needs a change because, I a mean... change she, in the same city Bing is moving to. Well, but like, okay, she's it's, been working... It's Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. It is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Where, Girlfriend. you know... What's her Rebecca name? Bunch. Rebecca Bunch is depressed yep. in New York, and then she sees Josh, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm happily moving back to West Covina. And she's like, you know, yeah, West Covina sounds amazing. I need to move there, too. I'm not moving there for Josh. I'm moving there because West Covina sounds like a great place. Right. So in the same way, I think Jane is saying, like, of course, this job is a great opportunity in Los Angeles. There's more opportunities, which is very true. Yeah. But Bing is also there. Yeah, no, I mean, Bing it, just happens to be here. She just, happen, he just happens to be there. Uh, Rachel Bloom, we love you when we saw you. Uh, so, right. And so, I mean, I think she's not delusional. She no. she knows that she would like to, you know, it's weird how just like being in the same city just kind of boosts your hopes that one day you're going to run, like maybe she'll run into Caroline while shopping or like she'll go to a restaurant and he'll be there. Something yeah. like she just needs to figure it out, but, like, at this point, she's depressed. It's time for her career to move forward. But this also presents a huge change for Lizzie, okay? Like, I mean, we've yeah. talked at length about how, I mean, one of the reasons why she wanted Charlotte to stay with her in school is because she likes things the way they are. Family has always lived here. They've always been in this town. Mm-hmm. Now, Jane is moving out of the house. 
is she like she doesn't have her best friend here so she's probably been more emotionally dependent on jane yeah and now she's leaving and so it's like what does she have yeah caroline's gone like everyone's gone yeah she really only has lydia i know which we'll get into more in the next episode but at this point everything just happened it's like bing left and now jane is going after him and all that lays ahead is the great perhaps Mm mm-hmm yeah, this episode was quite the emotional roller coaster with Jane in denial, Jane breaking down, mm-hmm. and then Jane just like change, life change, just go. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was quite the roller coaster for her. That was all in one episode. Or, yeah. I guess his, the tweet was at the end of one episode. Yeah. And then, there but, was you like know. two days of really inactivity where Jane yeah. was just in her room. Mm-hmm. And this is sort of within you know this eight minute video i'm sure it was like maybe more of an hour for them but still (laughs) within an eight minute video this all happens right we will see what happens next yeah jumping to the comment section where we read original youtube comments from when the episodes first aired for episode 47 marta santiago says joyless soulless newsy I mean, I love that line because now, now I love that I've seen the movie. Not, not that that informs the joke anymore, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just a famous hat. Bobster930 says, Darcy kind of has an excuse in the book for thinking what he did about Jane and Bing, but seeing as he knows how she feels and how they've spent a lot more time together, I don't think he has a leg to stand on in this case. Yeah, the only hint we have of that is that at Carter's, Jane was being super friendly with all the guys there and Mm -hmm. she was talking and that's when Lizzie's like, oh, you know, you caught a lot of gentlemen's eyes that are there at that that bar. She's like, well, you know, it's just being nice. Yeah. Well, I think miscommunication is a timeless theme. Yeah. Margot Hale says, it's so heartbreaking because Darcy enjoyed that dance. And then when he saw this video, he realized his partner felt quite the opposite. Womp, womp, womp. Darcy can't catch a break. From episode 48, Zost says, I am pretty sure that moving your life to find out why Bing left without saying goodbye isn't that sensible. I don't want Jane to go. Lizzie talks some sense to her. Seems like a similar situation to Charlotte, yet you reacted totally differently? Yeah, that's really true, because Lizzie is a hopeless romantic, but she's also really sort of she tries her best to be pragmatic Mm -hmm. um she's not the kind of person who believes in dropping your whole life and chasing a guy so she was upset when charlotte dropped everything and chased a job and i mean charlotte or uh jane is chasing a job too but mostly it's bing yeah i think lizzie doesn't know how to deal with it because jane is so heartbroken yeah that she just like wants to support jane as carefully as possible And with Charlotte, it was like, it was a different situation where she's like, no, Charlotte's acting irrationally. Right. I have to tell her she's wrong. Right. And then Jane was already pretty just, just, I don't know, when you're just so sad like that, it feels like any change is good change. So that's, I feel like what was kind of different about it, even though you shouldn't be chasing boys to Los Angeles. We did not move to Los Angeles for that reason. No, we did not. (laughs) We came here for our jobs. Yes. (laughs) Zoe Marriott says... Oh God, how can Jane possibly afford to live in LA? She can't even pay her student loans living at home with her parents. Please tell me that she's not going to end up destitute and living in a trash can under a bridge. That did not happen in the book. I'm actually glad somebody said this because they're <laughs> right. If she's living at home and she can't pay her student loan, I mean, maybe this this new job comes with a big bonus. Hopefully, maybe she's, yeah. I mean, okay, hope, I mean, hopefully, I mean, at least we got a job title here. We yeah. know kind of what she's doing, so... We wish her the best, but yeah, it's an expensive city. Frickin' sucks. Oh, well. 
who likes music says, I want to click like this because they are so very good in it. But then if I do like, I am approving of the sadness of Jane. It would be like liking crying puppies. Crying puppies who I follow handsome doctors to LA. <laughs> it's these sad episodes that end with the happy music that you're like, I don't know if this happy music should have been there. That's inappropriate. Yeah. Ninjoy17 says, I love that you see how not okay Jane is in this. More than in the books. She's more humanized and almost angry, which is unheard of for Jane, but only because she's so devastated and sad and hurt. And it hurts so much to watch. Ah, to Laura and the writers, you are brilliant. This I cannot disagree with. I, my heart was broken after this. That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley. Or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.